Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua and Samo, here to talk to you guys today about the first series of the season for our Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> it is going to be an exciting season to say the least. Roger Center, today is the day everything starts the movie begins and there is no better way to get right into it than to talk about the upcoming series my co-host nick Velacci is not with me on today's show he is dealing with an illness so shout out to him and we hope that he feels better but with that let's talk about the first series like i mentioned against the texas rangers the texas rangers are one of the most busiest were sorry we're one of the most busiest teams in the offseason this year they really ramped up their rebuild by signing Simeon and Corey Seager they have a very underrated offense with Adolis Garcia Nathaniel Lowe Brad Miller and even deeper guys like Nick Solak despite spending you know half a billion on uh, Marcus and Corey uh, they actually still lack pitching and you know, they made many changes to the coaching staff to beef up their offense this year. But this is a team that they're going offense heavy and they're kind of waiting for the pitching to develop. They just drafted Jack later in uh, last year's draft, arguably the number one prospect in that draft. Unfortunately, he, you know, slid down the rankings. I think that was due to how much Vanderbilt used his arm, but still definitely the guy to watch out for from that draft class. Um, this is a team that they look like they're ready to contend. They're on that window. It's going to be interesting to see how much Texas Rangers management pours money into the team. Obviously, we know they got the new uh, facility last year down in Texas. Uh, it was one of the most uh, sold. It actually had one of the best attendance records in all of MLB, despite being a really poor team. I think they had 102 losses to be exact last year. So, you know, this is a team that they are ready to make that jump. Uh, they spent the money on the new facility, like I said, and uh, they really went out and spent money this offseason. Half a billion dollars on Simeon and Seeger was something that not a lot of people uh, expected. Um, they really came in out of nowhere, and credit to them for spending because there's a lot of teams that are at the bottom of uh, the MLB that don't like to spend, and the Texas Rangers did the opposite, and they really went after it. And when Texas is good, it makes the MLB better, not as a whole, but because Texas is such a fun fan base, and uh, they love their baseball team down there. So as much as we don't like them for the situation what happened in the playoffs and Ragno Door and all that stuff, um, you know, it's still a respectable franchise. And I hope that their rebuild process is successful because seeing teams contend that are new and younger is always fun. Uh, they are projected fourth uh, in the AL South this year. Um, they Fangraphs has them projected as 75 and 87 to finish the season. Uh, last uh, last year, they were expected to, you know, only win about 60 games, uh, despite, like I said, having all the hype around the new facility, having some of the best attendance. That's actually really cool. 
But uh, Nathaniel Lowe, who had a good start. Nick Solak, who had a good start. Adolis Garcia, who was probably their face of the franchise for the first half of that season last year, absolutely fell off a cliff in the back half. And Adolis Garcia probably took the biggest hit. I think he had like a 147 average uh, in the second half of the season from a guy that was mashing the baseball. All three of those guys were on a really good start until injuries and all that stuff. So this is a really sneaky team. And, um, you know, it's going to be exciting to see them open up against our Toronto Blue Jays because they're both teams that made real moves out there in the offseason and really took the MLB by storm. The Blue Jays are obviously ranked second in MLB power rankings. And the Texas Rangers are ranked 19th. So despite them spending, like I said, half a billion on uh, Simeon and Seager, this is a team that's still growing and you know, they are to be taken seriously. This is not a team that is trying to lose anymore. They're not tanking any of that stuff that we see towards the other MLB teams like the Pirates, Orioles, and Athletics. This is a team that's spending and they want to contend. And a lot of people have this team as their sneaky kind of underdog to make a playoff uh, spot, like to make, to join that playoff race, sorry, as, uh, you know, trying to describe it best for you guys. So this is a team that's really flying under the radar. But with that, let's go to our pitching matchups. This episode, I'm going to break down into three parts for you guys so you can listen all weekend long on days of the game because I know that there's different pitching matchups, all that stuff. So I'm going to try and break it down for you guys and give you an in-depth matchup on each and every game of this series before Velocci makes his return for our post-series recap and our preview of the next series. But with that, let's go to the pitching matchups. Jose Barrios is expected to start tonight's home opener. And for those of you that are wondering, I am going to get to the Jays side of things and discuss everything about the home opener and the back half of this episode. But let me start with the Texas Rangers since they are the visiting opponent. And starting for Texas, since we're at it, is John Gray. Uh, then in game two, it's going to be Kevin Gosman versus Dan Dunning. And the third game is Hun Jun Ryu against Martin Perez. But with that, let's go to our opening day matchup with Jose Barrios going against John Gray. John Gray spent seven years with the Rockies. This will be his Texas debut. He was their big signing in terms of arms this offseason. Uh, there was a lot of hype around Kershaw potentially coming to Texas, but that didn't work. Uh, we know Gray, 30 years old, right-handed pitcher. He went 8-12 and 12 last year, 4.59 ERA, 157 Ks, and a 1.33 whip. Um, you know, he's an interesting breakout candidate to be honest John Gray he landed a four-year 56 million dollar deal as I said he struggled in Colorado but you know he has decent strikeout to walk numbers so that's something to look at um, despite his you know splits it seemed that he was better on the road actually than when at uh, Colorado but there's still uh, you know something to put to that pitching in Colorado is very very difficult we all know the impact it has on the offensive side of things. So Gray, it's a guy where everybody's familiar with. He's not new to the MLB, but this is his first Texas Rangers start. And I'm anxious to see how he does. Because like I said, he's an interesting breakout candidate. He just is. I know I'm not the only one that thinks that. It's a very common opinion. Uh, you know, he's coming over to the AL to show what he has. And this is a guy that, like I said, he could find a groove. Like he has the strikeout to walk numbers that are working well. It's uh, definitely going to be tough because, like I said, the Rangers aren't supposed to be, you know, a super team or in that top 10 playoff tier. They're in that middle 
but this is a surprising guy. You know, I was I was actually really shocked with the move. I thought he might have stayed with Colorado, been there for seven years, but nope, comes over to Texas, got his $56 million, and uh, he's ready to roll with the newly revamped uh, Texas Rangers. But with that, we all know Jose Barrios. He will be pitching for the Jays, uh, you know, coming off that seven-year extension, uh, really still – uh, I guess a newer Blue Jay kind of. He came over in the deadline last year in a trade that sent a lot of people into a frenzy, giving up, you know, some top prospects and all that. But Jose Barrios, this guy is our guy. He is going to be the front end starter of the staff. I truly believe it. I've been a huge fan of his throughout the whole podcast here that we, when we started, I've been saying that this is our guy. If the Jays live up to their expectations and being a world series contender i believe they're like they have the second best betting odds right now then jose barrios needs to be that guy for us he needs to make that jump because i think he is the best pitcher on this staff i love kevin gosman i'm a huge alec manoa fan but i think barrios is the guy here and i think that's why he's in the opening day start not to mention he also got that extension so he is going to be the focal point of this city he is going to be our guy and there's nobody else in the MLB that I would rather support because I love Jose Barrios. I love his attitude. I love what he brings. Yes, sometimes he's off his game a bit, and it could be very, very, very tough to watch. But oftentimes, this guy is a stud. He is awesome to watch. He can go deep into ball games. You never have to really, you never really have to worry about his command. He's always pinpoint accurate, and uh, this guy is going to be our leader. So, Jose Barrios. I will be in attendance tonight to watch him pitch. Can't wait. That's my favorite pitcher on the staff. Um, you know, so my faith is all with him. But with that, let's go to the second part now of this episode. And that is going to be the second game. So if you are listening to this on the day of opening day and you want to pause this and come back, uh, feel free to do so. But with that, let's go to game two. Kevin Gosman against Dan Dunning. Uh, Dunning. 27 years old, right-handed pitcher, came over from the White Sox for, in the Lance Lynn trade. It's only his third season in the MLB. Last year he went 5-10, 4.51 ERA, 114 Ks. Dunning is also ner- no, sorry, noteworthy here because, you know, you look at the ERA, it's clear he's struggling, right, in terms of ERA standards. But he has an impressive FIP, and that's thanks to limited homers. So Dunning... Former top prospect for his strikeout stuff. If he can find his ability to strike out way, way more of a rate that we saw when he was in the minors than when he's now here in the MLB, then this is a nice piece for the Texas Rangers long term. I think this is why they didn't go out and spend a lot of money on arms because I think they know with Jack Lader, John Gray, Dane Dunning, and uh, you know the other arms they still have here. Martin Perez, the guy I'm going to talk about in a bit, that's a guy that, you know, I don't see him being, um, you know, long-term for them. I'm going to dive in more on, you know, his game and what he brings. But Taylor Hearn is the guy down the rotation here that we won't be seeing in this series. I believe he's starting the home opener for Texas. That's a guy, you know, he's another key contributor. He's going to be important for them for the future. And even Spencer Howard, you know, bit of an older guy. I mean, sorry, a uh, bit of a younger guy. You know, this rotation is full of the unexpected. So Texas, make or break season. They really, really have no real, um, I guess, expectations. Yeah. So with that, 
Dan Dunning, he played well against the Jays last year. 5.1 innings pitched, three hits, one earned, six Ks. Um, he's going against Gosman. It's going to be Gosman's first start in a Blue Jays uniform. Um, Gosman, you know, I love the signing. I love how they replaced Robbie Ray with a guy as good as, um, you know, obviously Gosman. But I just, I just get worried because we saw the second half regression with Gosman, but he's been sharp in the limited action we've seen him in the spring. But, you know, this is a guy I try to get him in every fantasy draft I've been. I'm really high on him. I love the stuff he has. Um, he's, you know, relying heavy on his, uh, you know, movement. So, you know, it's not like he's a fastball kind of guy, but this is a guy that if his movement's clicking – Oh, man, he's disgusting when the ball's in his hand. Uh, he's an absolute pleasure to watch. Another guy that I think is going to be crucial for this rotation down the road here, and we are going to need him to be sharp if this team wants to live up to their World Series aspirations. But with that, let's go to the third and final match of the series. So pause for the third part. Hanjun Ryu against Martin Perez. Battle of the lefties is what I call this. Um, you know, Perez, where do I start? <laughs> 31 years old, left-handed pitcher. 10th season for the Venezuelan. Last year he went 7-8, 4.74-year rate to be exact. 97 Ks, a 1.51 whip. Versus Toronto last season, 23.14 ERA. 2.1 innings pitched, 8 hits, 6 earned, 3 home runs. So Perez got hit around uh, by the Jays last year. Obviously a new season, new year different circumstances um like i said this rangers team their expectations no one really knows because they went out they did spend the money but the pitching's not there so nobody's like i said their power rankings are 19th so they're in that middle tier anything they really do this year is i guess positive because they took a step forward in their rebuild and they are a lot more closer now like i said guys like nathaniel lowe and nick solak i'm really high on them if they could find a way to I guess, you know, bottle up that showing that they did at the start of last year. Then they use it over a stretch of time this year on a more frequent basis, especially in the back half. This team could be dangerous. And if Adolis Garcia continues, um, you know, his first half start uh, into a full year thing, which he's having a pretty good spring as well, then this team is going to be a wild card contender. We know that, you know, there's extra playoff spots now. There's no reason this team... If they do add pitching here and there, maybe a veteran to compete in the rotation, especially as we near the deadline, if they remain competitive, this is a really underrated team. And this is a team that if I look at outside looking in playoff teams, I would definitely take them. Although I do favor the Mariners a lot more, depending on how high you rate the Mariners, I rate them a lot, but um, you know, those guys, th these two teams are in the same division. They're kind of on that outside looking in spot. Uh, but with that, it's time to go to our Toronto Blue Jays. And let's start off with the big trade uh, from yesterday. The Jays acquired outfielder, left-handed bat, just to mention, uh, Bradley Zimmer from the Cleveland Guardians for right-handed pitcher Anthony Castro. All right, not a blockbuster, uh, but he does have a 100 WRC plus against righties. His problem is going against lefties, um, you know. But with the right-handed bats we have here in Toronto... Uh, he should probably never see, um, you know, left-handed pitching. So it makes sense for having someone that can play center field on the bench as well. Tapia, we all know what he brings. But 
after Springer showing last year, it's definitely important to have some insurance. And Anthony Castro wasn't going to make the team uh, to start the season. He was down in AAA. So I think it's important to mention that I'm pretty sure, sh- yeah, Zimmer has no options left. So he has to stay on the roster um, or else he'll be off the team. I think this kind of forces somebody like Collins to potentially get cut. But, uh, you know, he's a left-hand bat who can play all three outfield positions. Um, you know, a lot of swing and miss stuff, so he, he just strikes out a ton. But 89 WRC plus total in 2021. Mm, I, I don't think you're going to be seeing him a ton. Hopefully you don't because then that means something happened to one of our outfielders. Uh, but, yeah, this is kind of that fifth outfield guy. I think I still think Tapia is a way better option. It's not even close. So uh, definitely a good fifth option here. And if he's on the roster, like I said, he's out of options. So he's going to have to force somebody to get cut. But with that, let's go to the opening day roster for our Blue Jays. And to start off, Borucki and uh, Nate Pearson are on the 10-day IL. Borucki is dealing with a hamstring. And Pearson, we obviously know, is battling mono. So, uh, you know, those guys made the team. I like both of them a lot. Uh, I hope both get well soon because uh, I want to see them in action, especially Pearson because – we know Pearson's been, how do I say it nicely, uh, glass um, these last couple seasons now. And we're just waiting for him to make the jump, and he just never seems to do it. And it's frustrating. I saw a lot of Jays fans all over social media yesterday saying, like, trade this guy. But, like, you can't right now. His trade value is almost in that untradeable peak area because you're going to sell low on him if you do trade him right now. But also that trade could backfire hard, right, because – if he does figure stuff out, you know, the talent he has, we are all aware of how good of a pitcher he was down in the minors and what he's supposed to be. But with that, let's go to our opening day roster. Pearson, please get healthy soon because I cannot wait to watch you full-time with the Blue Jays. But let's start off with the pitching of our Toronto Blue Jays this year. Jose Barrios, Adam Simber, Yimi Garcia, Kevin Gosman, Yusei Kikuchi, Alec Manoa, Tim Meza, Julian Merriweather, David Phelps, Trevor Richards, Jordan Romano, Hyunjin Ryu, Taylor Saucedo, Ross Stripling, and Trent Thornton. So obviously we have a lot of guys returning from last year, but we have some new ads like Yimi Garcia, Yusei Kikuchi. Um, Those guys are expected to contribute a lot this year. And um, Garcia, I talked about him on the first episode underrated signing i think he you know he's going to pitch in high leverage uh, situations uh here and there we know his past and what he's done with the astros definitely a guy that i'm excited to see uh what he can bring to the bullpen this pitching staff is obviously a lot deeper than what we saw last year remember when robbie ray got hurt to start last year uh his rotation tj zoik was actually the middle starter so this pitching staff massive upgrade with barrios and gosman and it's actually crazy to see how big of a jump this team has made. But with that, let's go to the outfielders now. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, George Springer, and Rymel Tapia, and obviously Bradley Zimmer now. But, you know, the outfielders, no real surprise, honestly. We all expected these guys to be here, besides Rymel Tapia and Zimmer maybe, those guys coming over from a trade. But Tapia, I love this outfielder group, I do. This outfielder group has some, you know, real power in it. It's athletic. Uh, hopefully Springer's able to stay healthy and Tay Oscar as well. Lourdes is a guy, you know, he's always in trade gossip and everyone's, you know, that's the outlier of Springer and Tay Oscar. But Lourdes is like one of my favorite players on this team. He just has such a vibe to him and he's so much fun to watch. And 
when he's on his game, man, when he's hot, he can hit the baseball. Like, he can hit the baseball. So I'm really looking forward to what uh, Lourdes can do this year. And I really hope he stays in a Jays uniform because, uh, you know, even with his crazy hair and just the momentum he can bring to this lineup is unmatched. And this is a guy that I feel like in the playoffs, when the Jays do get there eventually, um, you know, don't want to jinx a knock on wood, but, you know, this is a guy that you're going to need in tight games that he can really bring that momentum despite if your team's getting locked down. You know, he's a great bench piece, uh, you know, if he's on the bench and you have to give Tapia some playing time. This is a guy that is loved by the locker room. And I'm just talking about this because last night uh, last night on Twitter, when I was looking at people talking about the Zimmer trade, a lot of people were like, oh, J-Ram, Jose Ramirez is the guy we want. And Lourdes Gurriel was the guy frequently thrown in those packages. And that's why I just want to shout some praise to Lourdes Gurriel because he is so much fun and I love his positivity. Uh, but with that, let's go to the catchers now. Obviously, Zach Collins is my candidate to be cut. Uh, with the addition of Zimmer. But then we have Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. So the catching position is interesting because we have Danny Jansen who, you know, his bat has looked a lot better in spring training. It is spring training. We must take note. Uh, but Zach Collins, you know, came over in the trade with the White Sox for Reese McGuire. Collins is definitely not known for his offense. And, um, you know, I guess a, a, a solid backup catcher. Um, but... Alejandro Kirk is, I guess, the main guy to watch here for sure. He's got the bat to him if he can work on his defense. I know a lot of people talked about him getting into shape a bit more and what he could bring to maximize his potential. This is a guy that I'm looking forward to. Obviously, I expect to see Moreno up at some point. I don't think this catcher group is going to remain the same all year long. We've seen the catching position depth need to be tested early on, especially last year. Danny Jansen, I hope he has a bounce back season. I like Danny Jansen a lot. I know the staff likes him a lot. I know he's Ryu's guy. And I think he's going to be crucial to if Ryu bounces back this season. So if he can stay healthy and Ryu stays healthy, I think these two might get back to form to what we're used to. Maybe not as good as we you know, saw them in like 2020, but definitely guys to watch out for, um, for sure. Because those two guys, when they're on their games together, you know, they're so much fun to watch. So, uh, now let's go to the infielders just to finish off. Bo Bichette, Calvin Biggio, Matt Chapman, Santiago Espinal, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Gosiki Kato. And this infield depth is awesome. If you look at it, you have Bichette, Chapman, Guerrero just screaming at you. You have the potential of Calvin Biggio finding his form. And, you know, Espinal, who's really worked on himself this offseason, looks like a much more complete player. Obviously, we know... He's more known for his defensive work. But Chapman, a guy that a lot of people are high on. And I'm going to read a take that I saw yesterday on social media. And I'm just going to let you guys know um, my thoughts on that. But Gosiki Kato, obviously, you know, a guy, a late spring training ad that was a surprise. Credit to him. Worked his way on this roster. Got some speed. Um, you know, there's a lot of depth within this Blue Jays team. And I'm really looking forward to see them uh, this season and what they can bring. Like I said, they are the second in uh, World Series odds. So this team de definitely has the hype attached to them. But, you know, their fan grass projection is 93-69 and 69 to finish first in the AL East. And as I was reading through this, I saw this take about Matt Chapman. And let me read it to you. Matt Chapman finishes inside the top five in AL MVP voting. 40 home run season. Um, his defensive campaign and 
um, you know, offensive explosion leads to him getting MVP buzz. Uh, Chapman finished sixth in MVP voting in 2019 and seventh the year before. So obviously there's a lot of hype attached to Matt Chapman because of, you know, Simeon and what he did here in Toronto and Donaldson because of what he did here in Toronto, both coming over from Oakland. You know, I think there's optimism. Like he could extremely break out here in Rogers. We know it's a neat, it's a more uh, hitter friendly ballpark. Um, definitely going to need to find his footing early on because we know how harsh the Toronto fan base is. So if he comes over and his bat's dead, then we know it's going to be tough for him to ever bounce back because of how harsh our media is here. But I love Chapman. I love the trade. I think that trade was awesome. You guys listened to the last episode. You know how big of a fan I am of it. But I just, I'm starting to get nervous now seeing everybody saying, oh, Chapman. Like, I remember I saw the first tweet was like, 40 home runs, here we come. And I was like, okay, that's bold. It's not bold, but like, you know, okay, like you want to project 40 home runs. If you do that, you're talking about elite players, right? So I was like, interesting. Then I see it more and more. And then the more you dive into the numbers and the analytics and um, all that stuff, you could see Chapman actually doing it. But now with everybody saying it, like it's just nothing. That's where I get cautious because 40 home runs is elite stuff. And if he does get the MVP award, wow, or top five. Wow, this Jays team is going to be so much fun this year. And I love how Vladdy Guerrero said this year's the movie and basically to be ready that they're coming back because last year was the trailer. Like, it's sold out Rogers Center tonight. It's the first real home opener since before COVID, even before, like, COVID, so an extra year. It's crazy to think the Jays haven't had a real home opener in this long. I'm just going to say soak it all in. Soak it all in, Jays fans. Yes, the other Toronto teams are firing on all cylinders. The Maple Leafs currently have their best player of all time right now. The Raptors and what they are doing right now, overachieving and just defying expectations. Credit to them. Both teams are on fire. Toronto FC signed the biggest player in MLS history, Lorenzo Insigne. Uh, the Argonauts just continue at continue add with Banks and Harris. So Toronto, this is our time. The Jays are a seriously good baseball team. Yes, their expectations are high, but they are going to deliver. This is a team that a lot of people said if they snuck into the playoffs, they were going to win the World Series. That's how much people believed in this Blue Jays team. Tonight, all eyes are on Rogers Center. The team season starts now. This is our team. This is our city. This podcast is going to be here for you guys all season long. Recaps the series. All stuff Jays related articles, visuals are coming soon as well. So stay tuned for that. But guys, get excited because I don't remember the last time I was hyped up like this for a Blue Jays season. And don't get me wrong, I love the 2015 era and those teams with, you know, Donaldson and Bautista. And those teams were electrifying, especially what they did in the playoffs. But I haven't felt the buzz like this in a long, long time. And I don't think I think this overpowers the buzz I got from that 2015 era because of the depth on this team, because of how many young studs we have here. This is not something that's going to happen this year or in the year after that. Our window is now and it's just starting. It's over years. So let me end it off there because we're at the 27th minute mark. And you know who wears number 27, the guy that is going to win MVP for your Toronto Blue Jays this year. That's all for me, folks. Enjoy 
this weekend. Baseball's back. Go Jays go.